When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go, Otsuko. And I'm in quarantine. At, at home. home. Hello, and welcome to Let's Go, Otsuko. At home. I'm back after a short hiatus. Thanks for putting up with us. You know, sometimes we need a moment to prep for something else or just rest. Uh, and for me, I was prepping for my morning variety show that's going to be launching as a live stream on August 30th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be awesome. The title is Ohio, Good Morning from Inside a Monster, where I've been swallowed by a monster and been stuck inside the stomach since March. What? Again, yes, it's a parallel universe to the pandemic. But we don't talk about the pandemic during it. No, it's just ways to feel better about feeling stuck inside your own monster. It's a kid's show for adults because they have those for kids. But how about our feelings? So self-care with me, August 30th. Tickets are only $5 at ohiocomedy.com. Ohio spelled O-H-A-Y-O. That means good morning in Japanese. <sighs> so there's been a heat wave all across America this week. And let me tell you, it has made me and my husband into nudists. Forget clothes. We're waking up nude. We're going to bed nude. We're walking around all day nude. Because that can be fashion. We were born into this world that way. It's unnatural that we go out with clothes on, honestly. Anytime I've seen, like, you know, funerals or wakes or something, you know, because the person doesn't get to choose the outfit that they wear, you know. I know this is a little dark, but... Bear with me, okay? The person in the casket doesn't get to choose what they wear or what kind of makeup gets put on them. It's just best guesses from their loved ones or the mortician. Not that I'm saying that after people pass, we should just put them naked in the casket, but clothes are a social construct. Fashion, trying to keep up with what's cool. Shopping, keeping that capitalistic dream alive. Atsuko, why'd you remind us of that? Why'd you remind us that society pressures us to do these things? It's okay. Hey, I quite like clothes, all right? In fact, I love clothes. All I'm saying is that when there's a heat wave and no one's around you, go ahead, take it off. Who are you impressing? Be in your natural state. You are gorgeous. Yes. And speaking of gorgeous people, I have my guest for today. But before we get to the interview, really quick. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can always support us at patreon.com slash letsgoatsuko. For $5 a month, you get awesome perks. Like you get to watch the video version of every episode. Except for this one because we had some technical difficulties. But you also might get free tickets, like to Ohio. That's right, that show I was talking to you about earlier. Every one of you patron members gets a free ticket. Free link to the live stream. So support us if you can today. And we appreciate every one of you. Now, without further ado, here's the episode. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here with my guest, Margaret Cho. Woo! Yes! Hi, Margaret. Hi, Margaret. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us today. What? Thank you. So what have you seen today, maybe out your window, or what have you been watching on the TV? Um, I'm almost at the end of Hi Bye Mama, which is my latest K-drama. I don't know if you watch K-dramas. No, I have not gone on that train. Mm. I um, am like, um, I am obsessed with K-dramas. Like, I am so into them because it's I think it's the same in Japan we, you know we are very emotionally repressed <laughs> yeah yeah 
And so the only time that we can proper, properly emote is when we're uh, um, prompted to do so through entertainment. And so our television and movies are, they put in cues so that we can emote, um, <laughs> you know, properly and as a group within a few like contained minutes in a television show or movie so that everybody does it at once and then it's out of the way. <laughs> Just accordingly. Yeah, so we can do it in organized, organized fashion. Everything's really organized. That's why it's, that's why we are the way that we are so that we could do it properly and together. That's so interesting that you have this theory. I mean, did you go into it knowing this theory? And then you were like, I'm going to partake in that. I thought I kind of had a suspicion that's why it was. And then it's always been that way because my parents were really obsessed with K-dramas. Even in um, the 90s, I remember that they would get them on a VHS at uh, the um, the Korean like grocery store. You could rent them out. Yeah. And you would rent them and uh, they would just watch them obsessively. And uh, they couldn't stop. And it was a very, and they would get very emotional. Mm -hmm. And then, then, then they would stop the tape and they would put it away. And that would be the only time that they would get emotional through the, the entirety of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big statement, you know, the entirety of our lives. And yeah, I totally agree. You know, for my father, it's karaoke. Yeah. The cues are there, you know, especially if you just choose sad songs. Sometimes with sad lyrics, you're like, this is my time to cry into the microphone. Yeah. But we have this kind of thing of like, we know that certain times are appropriate for emotion. Certain times are appropriate for anger. And then, you know, when it's unregulated, when that's when we have an issue. That's why I think that we have issues with people of other ethnic backgrounds because their emotions are not as regulated. Mm. Their um, reactions are not as regulated. Sure, sure. Um, so that's why I think that, uh, that that's where we have a disconnect culturally. That's so interesting. I never thought of that. It could be like a tinge of jealousy where we're like, mm -hmm. why are they celebrating? It's just a Saturday night. Yes. In their home, a fiesta, you know what I mean? Yes. We don't yes. do like barbecues with music playing and family members start dancing. No, no. And it's um, it's really interesting. So, But the K-drama thing is great because they'll put in uh, crying segments every <laughs> 25 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you have a good, you have a good cry <laughs> and then they'll have a good laugh and then you can just continue on with the narrative. And... Um, some instances are more crying than others. And then some instances are, there's certain dramas that are really meant for old people. And mm. then there's ones that are meant for really old people. Like the one that I watched was, the one that's really popular with the old, old, old fogies is Crash Landing mm -hmm. on You, which is uh, one about um, North Korea. It's about, it's a, it's a North Korean um, one, but it's all, uh, it's, it looks like a, a, weirdly um a bob hope movie it's like a 1930s comedy it's a very screwball Whoa. 1930s romantic comedy and so it reminds me of like when my mom uh would go to the movies when she was in high school with um in the 1950s with her friends and so it's like this throwback to um comedy films of when they would go to the movies to sort of escape sort of the war right right um and and so it's a very, um, and then there's a lot of crying segments in that part. So it's a very, <laughs> yeah. Good thing. Well, it takes place in North Korea and it's about yes. the divide. It's about the divide. It, it's about this, um, it's about this woman who, this very rich Korean woman, South Korean woman who paraglides accidentally into North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, already, that's already slapstick. It's a real slapstick comedy. But then she like like lands and falls in love with a North Korean soldier, and it's a very slapstick comedy with real life um, 
Right. High stakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what that's what Charlie Chaplin was doing, right? I mean, when I was young when I watched The Great Dictator, but I was like, oh my god, he's truly he's actually portraying the Holocaust as it's happening right now. I mean, of course, it was his mm -hmm. interpretation of it. And then he was like, what if I make yes. it into a comedy? Real life high stakes, but it's actually kind of trying to um, maybe uh, alleviate some uh, fears around it, mm -hmm. I, I think, yeah. which I think is very noble. Um, I don't know. It's a beautiful way to look at it, uh, but it's a very, it's an interesting thing. Like the, I, I, I think that when I look at Asian people on screen, there's a really a deep connection, even if it's um, not necessarily Asian Americans, even when it, it's people in Asia, there's a really there's a deep connection that I, I feel and um, it's inspiring. And then, you know, sometimes I'll even be inspired to turn off the subtitles oh. and try to I mean, because I, I am pretty fluent if I'm listening. Yeah, really, really hard. I mean, I know that you're fluent in Japanese. Yeah. So. Right. It's not as much of a struggle for you, but for me, it's pretty. It's a. It's a pretty intense struggle. I have to really, really listen hard. But I think like I'm starting to get better at it. Yeah. So this one in particular, again, is called "Hi Bye." Hi Bye Mama. <laughs> Hi, Hi Bye, bye mama. mama. Okay. And it's a very. It's a good one because it's um. It's really. It, it it's 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 a good one because it's it's very much about um like a, the sort of themes of death and um and dying which i think is very much like it's something that we have a a problem kind of dealing with because in american culture there's so much uh christianity kind of put into place but there there's so much about buddhism that kind of uh deflects a lot of baggage mm, so mm -hmm. they can kind of like approach things like reincarnation in a way that we don't really have uh, an ability to do because there's so much about Christianity that right. informs our entertainment, whether we want it to or not. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of times we can't really even go there with a lot of entertainment. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, even thinking about an afterlife differently. Yeah. There's so much about like heaven and like God and, and so much of that that informs Kind of American entertainment or even European entertainment to the point that we can't even hypothesize what if the, none of that existed? Mm -hmm. or what if we even sort of looked at it from a Buddhist perspective? So a lot of the stuff that's in um, the show is kind of from a Buddhist perspective because they go to like the Buddhist temple and yeah. there's sort of reincarnation and there's a sort of exorcism, but it's not from like like the exorcist, like Linda Blair exorcist kind of <laughs> point, point of view. Yeah. It's a very practical thing. Yeah, it's cool. So, you know, I actually had a run-in with reincarnation when I was in Taiwan. I'm half Taiwanese, so I was back in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. I went with my husband because it was actually supposed to be my honeymoon, but of course my family found out and decided to tag along. Oh. <laughs> well, when you're close with family, right, everyone knows your business, and my grandma was like, well, I haven't been to Taiwan in a while. And so we were like, oh, how can we tell this bitch? No, come on, look, you know, come along. And then my mom was like, well, who's going to take care of me? And then my dad found out. So he and his ex-girlfriend came along. Anyway, so we were there and there was this food stall that we frequented. And there was always this white rooster that hung out around it, which was crazy because this particular food stall sold chickens, but they wouldn't kill this one. So one day I asked the store owner, I said, how come you spared that one's life? And they go, well, he's white, which means he was a good person in his past. Hmm. And as I was taking in that information, of course, my Western mind was like, what? Well, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, we must take down white supremacy uh... at all costs. <laughs> but, you know, I got to remember that. Different colors mean different things in every culture, right? Like white in Chinese culture means death. Red means luck. Unless you're reincarnated, I guess. So you were born in Taiwan. Yep, guilty. I love that. I mean, I love that. I love like that cro the cross-cultural, like the, the blending of Taiwan and Japan. The, Taiwan is like very mysterious to me because it's like, to me, it's like really... Um, 
It has the most delicious food. Mm-hmm. It has the most delicious sweets. It has the most um, kind of like mysterious kind of cross-cultural. Um, I think like like everything happening, what I, whatever it is, you know, I've only been there one time. Ooh. And uh, everything was just so, it, it was like a really hipster, even more <laughs> exciting Singapore. Mm. So did you stop there when you were in Singapore performing? Like you made yeah. a stop in Taiwan. It was, uh, I was in Singapore and then I went, did a tour stop up to uh, Taipei. And then when I was in there, uh, up there, it was like, um, it, it was like the Silver Lake. Of, <laughs> like, That's accurate. It was, you know, it was like the Echo Park of like Pacific Rim. Like it was like you were going, um, it was very like the Portland of the Pacific Rim. It was very cool. Like everybody had like a really like very architectural hair and mm-hmm. architectural jewelry. Yeah. And it and the the white girls were really flirtatious with all of the um like uh Chinese boys and it was like <gasps> really like there was like all these like very like um kind of uh Chinese um like kind of guards and um kind of like official looking sort of like uniform guys and then these like very um white girls with kind of shaved side hair that were very <laughs> um flirtatious with them yeah and i was like this is really exotic <laughs> like with these like very sort of uniformy place like uniform guys with this like shaved half hair half hair white girls like flirting with them i was like this is trippy like wow who are these people <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like going to an art gallery here in the u.s hot Asian guy with white girl on his side or vice versa. This is Taipei. This is Taipei and everything was open really late and everybody had like really big straws with giant boba, like the biggest boba I've ever seen. And you've got my interest. Keep going. Everything's kinky so far, by the way, Mm -hmm. like very straw, like big straws. And like, everything was like really like a pale nougat, like unexpected nuts. Very unexpected, like caramel nut, like peanut brittle nougat. Like it was like the the most delicious macadamia islands. Oh, so hot. Big straws, big bobas, unexpected nuts. Margaret, we experienced different Taiwans. I also remember you performing in Singapore because I was in Malaysia when you were there. And they were like, Margaret's coming. Malaysia is different. Malaysia is different. Def- definitely very different, which I, I think it's it's all very different there. Where did you perform it? Do, you call, uh, KL. You did KL. Yeah. KL is Kuala Lumpur, for those of you listening. Uh, I performed at a club called LOL Comedy Club. Yes, yes, yes. And I loved it. It was my first time performing in Malaysia, but it was also the first time I got a set of rules before going on stage. What were the rules? Okay, so my rules were, um, what if I found out that they only gave me these rules, but for you, they were like, no, let her do whatever. Well, I had rules, like, the rules for me were like, don't make fun of, like, religions, Mm -hmm. or, that was pretty much it. I mean, I think that was like, I don't think that there was much else. Um, I think that that was really... the, the the most of it was mostly like don't make fun of the religious thing because there's a lot of like different religious communities there right that are pretty conservative that was the only thing yeah yeah no for me it was those things don't talk about religion but also and this is harder because it's an identity thing but they were like don't talk about queer stuff don't be pro gay and then they were like, don't talk about the missing Malaysian oh, airplanes. <laughs> oh, 370. Well. Yeah, and that's assuming I had material about Malaysian airplanes or the government. I didn't really have any material about that. I mean, I didn't really have, I, I don't know anything about their government. I didn't know anything about, well, queerness is like, I am queer, so it's like, I do, I have to talk about that. So it's not, that's not really, doesn't really apply. I mean, yeah, religious stuff is sort of, I don't really know. I don't know anything about 
what's happening there. The the planes, well, the planes is like that's more like yeah. I don't really know anything about that either. Right. So besides the fact that they went missing, and besides that, it's upsetting. Totally. I mean, people's lives were lost, and it happened twice. Yeah. Yeah. So they gave me the list of things I can't talk about, but I'm an optimist, so I was like, "What can I talk about?" You know? And they were like, "Oh yeah, um, you can make fun of Donald Trump." <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, like that's the fine. only thing. That's yeah, fine. We agree on universally. Yeah. Have you done comedy in Japanese? Oh, never.、Mm-mm. No, I. I don't think I'm funny in Japanese. <laughs> How about you with Korean? Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in, and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Mdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod, and then coming home, charging it up, and listening through your app. Well, I'm trying. I'm. Trying to think about it, you know. I'm trying to think like, what if I、um, am really、uh, diligent in trying and could try to do it? You know, I've tried to do it. I've done comedy in English for、uh, Korean audience on Saturday Night Live in Korea. Yeah. So then they translated it, but、um, it it's like. So I have done it there, and it's worked well. And then, oh, cool! If I if I went back, then I could. I, I want to. Tr- I think that well, they would give me、um, uh, some help. I think that if I if I did if I did some effort, they would actually come up and meet me halfway. You know, anything、mm-hmm. that I could do, I think they would help me out. So, like, I feel like they could help, and and I I feel like I could speak it well enough. The thing about Korean, it's interesting, is that there's not that many words. It's not like English. English is the hardest language because there's so many words. Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah, totally. Especially if you want to keep up with the times and not be forgotten, you got to、yeah. keep up with、and、the new words. There's so many words, and there's so many、um, like、uh, things that are like it always different and always changing. But in Korean, there's not that many words, and so you could actually like learn just one set of words for everything, and it kind of fits. It's weird, and so <laughs> you kind. Of- hold on, wait. So you're telling me that? <laughs> hold on, you're telling me there aren't that many words in Korean. That there's only a set of words. That is blowing my mind right now, and I can't tell if you're joking because. I thought I don't know. Look, I don't know Korean, but all I know is I thought the language has been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, there's only one set of words for everything. Like,、um, it, it's like there's so many adjectives in English for a million. There's a million ways to say one thing in English, but in Korean, there's really only one say one way to say things in every. You know, it, it's it's kind of like a, a really weird thing. So. Um, and what it is is like the way that you say it in your face and expression that gives it the nuance.、Mm. Ah. In a lot of ways, it's like Chinese. You know, in Chinese, the sort of inflection is it gives it the nuance. Right. In Korean, it's sort of the param.、Uh, it's the the breath that you give it, the life that you give it, that gives it the emphasis rather than the adjective or the sort of. Um, expression before or or the word in English, so right. It's the nuances. So you're saying there aren't that many synonyms. It's not really a thing. It's more about、um, it, it's it's more unsaid. A lot of stuff in Korean is unsaid. It's like the word isn't so much the expression. It's more in the、uh, what is unsaid. It's underneath.、Mm. It's weird. It's like active listening is more、um, a language. Mm. Then, then it, it, it's sort of like the reception, and it, it's also、uh, the, re, the what is language in Korean is、um, what, the、uh, action of who is、um, listening and who is talking. So 
it's the conjugation of the verbs and the it, the the nouns. It's like the the um positional interaction. Got it. So there's nine honorifics. So you you when you talk, you're you're acknowledging the class, the age, right. the gender of the person you're talking to. I'm sure that's that's active in a lot of languages. Yeah. But it's so active in Korean that people get real offended if you would violate any of those. Yeah. Got so it. that's more of the um that's more of the emphasis in Korean than any of like emphasis on actual like descriptive terms or that's why the the language is actually easier in a lot of ways the cultural ramifications of violations of that are more difficult yeah but words themselves are actually simpler wait okay so talk me through this active listening you were talking about active listening is you know when you're like listening to pe people korean people talk they don't like they go oh, oh. <laughs> That's like <laughs> that. What they're saying, "kuruchi" is "kuruchi" is isn't that right? "Kuruchi, kuruchi, ne" is yes, ne "kuruchi, kuruchi, ne." It's like a deep yes, deep yes, "kuruchi," isn't that right? It's like assurances and reassurance. That you're uh, you're listening and you're uh, believing. It's belief, deep belief, and reassurance. It's very and in the it's throat. Real, it's real deep. Yeah, it's deep in the throat, and it's really like um, it's really all about reassurance mm. and a kind of like a thing of like I'm here with you. Kuruchi. Uh, that's more. Um, that's more about the conversation as like I'm here with you. Um, that that's kind of more important in Korean than actual that as a response than uh, the sort of like syntax or the uh, highfalutin words that you might use. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In in Japanese, it's actually mm -hmm. higher in the throat. You start up and then you go down. So it's like mm mm mm. And in Korean, yeah. it goes from down to up, like mm mm, which is like <laughs> dance hall. Dance hall. Yeah, yeah. So, like, maybe Japanese is like hip hop up to down. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Mm -hmm. And in Korean mm -hmm. dance hall. Mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> That's how I explain mm. it to my dance students when I'm trying to explain the difference between hip hop and dance hall. Yeah, dance hall is like even when you play the guitar, like for dance hall or reggae rhythms, you're playing, you're like, like pulling the pickup. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. At least in the groove, that's how I see dance hall. Like, yeah. rhythm going down, up, down, up, down, up, you that's know? That's right. <laughs> um, so you mentioned something when you were talking about the Korean language and other languages do this too, but words change depending on the person mm -hmm. you're talking to's status, quote unquote. So if they're older, or if they are your boss or something, somebody with more authority, you would use a different word to acknowledge them, right? And same goes for gender in many languages. Mm -hmm. In American English, for example, we say he, she, but then we were able to adapt for non-binary folks that we say they, them. How does someone like your parents, right, adapt to language like that or immigrants. I think that still needs to be uh, invented. So I wonder what them, uh, I don't know what them looks like yet. I mean, them, you know, as a, as a modern word, it is in terms of non-binary, I don't know yet. There is a, there's a K-drama that's called Ite One Class mm -hmm. that is on Netflix. That's the first time I've seen uh, well, there's a trans woman character on there. Okay. Um, and they don't call. She's not. Uh, she's not. De she doesn't define as non-binary. So she's not defined as them. She doesn't define as them. Mm -hmm. So I haven't haven't seen um, anybody uh, sort of talk about them or pronouns necessarily. Yeah. But them would be interesting. Um, so I I don't know if they're there yet. Right. A, but my parents have been around trans people for 
you know, since the seventies yeah. and they've always felt very comfortable with, you know, addressing the pronoun issue right then, but they haven't dealt with non-binary yet. I think that that's the, that's the thing that they don't understand is they don't understand non-binary. They understand trans. They understand, uh, switching that, that idea that, that, but they don't get non-binary because that's like to them is like, Oh, well, you, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they need, the, you, they don't need, they need that thing of like, Oh, you have to be one, but you don't, you know? So I think that's new. Right. Right. Yeah. My grandma's kind of the same, you know, she's actually very <laughs> accepting of change. Yeah. Of everything. She just wants life easier for everybody, you know? And so she's quick to adapt if she especially hears that, you know, one way of calling someone mm -hmm. something was hurting them. She would be like, oh, no, I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm down to get on board. But for some reason, my grandma has been calling people it. That's the pronoun she uses for everyone. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I was like, when, so in a way, when they, them was the vocab that yeah. we found out, you know, that everyone was like, okay, this is what we're going to use for people who are non-binary. My grandma had an easier time mm -hmm. going from it because she would just be like, it is hungry. Does it want food? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which is always, which was funny to me because I was like, are you just calling people objects? But, you know, whatever. It, English isn't her first language. And yeah, I just saw that she was able to call people they and them quicker because of it. I don't know if it was like this happenstance as an immigrant where she never had it right in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that it's um, I like um, there's I have a, uh, somebody I know her, uh, their name is Alok and Alok Alokus is a, got a, has a cool thing of saying that. It's not even them. It's like, it's always an approximation. Hmm. You know, you don't necessarily need to say that it's got to be a completely like the pronoun thing. It can change all the time. It right. doesn't have to be an absolute that there isn't necessarily something that we have to even sort of fret about or think about. Like, so it's always an approximation because everybody's different all the time. So right. that, I think that's cool too. Like, hey, like, why don't we just like think it's an approximation? It's like, whatever, you know, like every yeah. day is different. And that's a cool idea as well. And that, but that's something that's really impossible to explain to the older Asians. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard. You know, with social issues, my grandma watches things happening on the news and for her to try to keep up, right? Like the only person uh -huh. closest to the outside world, closest to the Black Lives uh -huh. Matter protests that she has is me. And it's hard explaining issues to her sometimes because we are two generations apart and she's yeah. also more Ooh. quote unquote immigrant than me. You know what I mean? With the Black Lives Matter movement, at first she was like, well, why don't they just wait till peace happens, you know? Or why don't they just behave, the protesters? And it made me think about the time you talked about how your mom didn't like you having tattoos, but she has eyebrow yeah. tattoos. There's a, an eyeliner, <laughs> eyeliner, like that's oh. like the, and eyeliner, like that's like so hardcore that, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's like so crazy how they, that's like really, that you know, just to right me. by your eye. Right by your eyeballs. Like practically tears from prison. What tattoos? Color did she get? Like dark blue. No, I think it was probably black and then they probably they turn blue after Right. After a while. So crazy. Yeah, the way that it fades into blue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It turns blue. Yeah. It's very strange. And it's so it's so painful looking. Like, how could you do that? That to <laughs> me is very scary. Yeah. But she does it. Yeah. And uh, I brought that up because 
your point with that story is, hey, don't call me out. You do the same thing, but scarier. <laughs> you get it on your eye, you know? And it was kind of the same with me trying to talk to my grandma about Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where I had to be like, grandma. Right, right. Right? right. Remember all of the times we stole from buffets? You're talking about, oh, protesters are leaving yeah. trash in the yeah. streets. Are they being law-abiding? And it's like, who cares if anyone's being law-abiding? Let's mind our own business. Uh, we flew to this country illegally, mm-hmm. right? Me and my mom and grandma came here illegally or quote-unquote illegally. So we were undocumented. Who's to say that anybody should be law-abiding, you know? And also, these laws aren't fair, you know? I've talked about this before, but it just made me think of that. Because it is hard to talk to immigrant parents and grandparents. Yes, yes. But that generation really had a problem with their aspirations to be white. You know, they really had this like feeling of like, you know, because I grew up in a black neighborhood and a lot of the Asians there had this feeling like, oh, well, you know, we all have this thing of like we're gonna we're gonna be white someday right right (laughs) yeah so we're we're not gonna be here for very long because we're gonna be white at some point (laughs) so we're just here for a little bit but that's like a ridiculous idea like there's no time that we're gonna be white so like why do you think that that at some point we're gonna be white like that's not gonna happen (laughs) and um that's a weird thing of like thinking that we're separate because we're going to be white at some point um, or that some sort of a future uh, goal to be white. And that somehow if we go to Harvard, that's Mm -hmm. going to be the key to whiteness, that that some sort of Ivy League college is going to be the key to whiteness. And um, like those ideas and that kind of thing of like um, or uh, those ideas that we uh, were somehow limiting our ability to get into these schools because of our Asianness that that they would get so angry, you know, yeah. because like there were so many Asian Americans going to these Ivy League schools that they would couldn't get in. That 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 was like such an upsetting thing too. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it was like weirdly like thing of like, you know, it, it just doesn't it doesn't matter. Like we can we can diversify and do all sorts of different things, you know, but it was so so important for my parents to sort of have white children, but we're not going to be white. Right, right, yeah. I mean, maybe the closest thing to white people is that we share the same foundation color. Maybe, yeah. Some of us, you know, like uh, East Asians or if you're fairer uh, skin, uh, you know, I'm like a maybe Emma Stone fall four. I don't know. I used to be darker, but we're in quarantine. I have to mix all the time. I always have to mix a foundation with another foundation. I can't I can't usually wear it right out of the bottle in general. Because it just won't match your skin color? No, I always have such a um a yellow undertone. What? I really do. I gotta I, I always have to mix it up. Yellow? I have to mix it up. I'm really I have way more of an olive skin tone than I like to I, I like to think. Huh. <laughs> okay, hold on. Again, I thought you were joking when you said yellow, but yeah, you were definitely. serious. I mean, it's interesting how uh, little we understand our own um, skin color. It's I true. I think because of just like not really even understanding our own image. And so now I'm starting to really start to get it. But, you mm. know, color theory usually, she's coming for me, Miss Color Theory. <laughs> you know, that's what it is, you know, because I've had days, I've had times where I've come out of the bathroom with foundation on caked on okay and I look like a geisha just all white and people had to be like Atsuko that is not your skin color that is too pale for you you know what I mean and I had no idea when I was putting it on no I know I mean I come out I'm like oh my god I'm like so juan sometimes Mm. I'm like I am the grudge origins like it's (laughs) very origins but it's like really confusing but no I I'm definitely starting to understand like my undertone Mm, and I will too. Once this recording is over, I'll start getting, I'll start mixing my foundations. Yes. So Margaret, I have a question from a listener. If you would be down to answer. Yes. 
Awesome. Okay. So since we were talking about culture, I'm choosing this question to ask you. This is from Ron Jossel, fellow comedian, Canadian comedian. He says, Margaret, what's your favorite Korean dish? Oh, um, I love, um, I, uh, I, well, I love, uh, yeah, uh, there's so many things that I love. I love uh, tteokbokki, which is the rice cake that's kind of in a very like spicy sauce. I also love tosso um, bibimbap, uh, which is the, the rice dish that's like mixed rice, but it's in a hot pot. Um, I also love sundubu, which is a hot tofu stew. Yum, um, yes. I love all kinds of Korean food. I, I make it here uh, at home too, but I love, I just a- actually... Um, I just ordered a bunch of it online. Oh, you did? <laughs> I like to order order Korean food online um, to cook, but or... it's, uh, to cook and to to cook and sort of ready made. Got it. And uh, but I don't have a separate kimchi refrigerator, which I probably should get because when I order kimchi online and then I put it in my refrigerator, it makes all the other food taste like kimchi. Right. So it's kind of gross, but it's so I love. Korean food it's really good and um yeah it's it's all amazing I happen to know all of the dishes that you named um I mean Korean food is still something I'm mm, it's good getting to know you know and I mean there's a reason Koreatown is the biggest, the biggest in LA yes, very very big Koreans are crushing Everything's it so good it's so delicious and it's a it's a beautiful cuisine um it's like there are certain things that people really excel at I think with Japan what is so beautiful is everything's raw and perfect that that's what they excel at what is raw and or what is like uncooked and then with sure, sure. korea what is excelled is what is fermented yeah so it's just like that's the sort of excellence there and and so that's like to me i love a i love a fermented moment Ooh, yes <laughs> get fermented Delicious. girl more fermented moments for you all right now we have another question this one's from david carbo Big switch in question, okay. This one says, if you were to wake up as Donald Trump, what would be the first thing that you do? Oh. So boom, you wake up, you have that tan, you have that hair. What do you resign. do? Resign. I mean, resign. I think resign. Okay. Um, well, I would probably first thing I would do is meet with Fauci. Yes. I haven't met with Fauci for two months. I know. I mean, to be in denial, for that much in denial, meet with Fauci and really put Fauci in charge and to see what can be done to really solve the problem of Miss Rona. I mean, to really get some clarity on what can be done to help us out with all of the problems that are happening that, I mean, just to get a hold on the virus, to get a hold on this disease that's raging. Um, He hasn't met with him for two months. Yeah, yeah, and now he's trying to discredit his findings, right? Say Crazy. he's wrong. Crazy. And then I would resign. First, I met with me without you try to deal with the situation, and then I would resign. Okay, so at any point, do you ever come out and say, hey, guys, it was actually Margaret, or no? Do you tell people who you really are? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I think it would just be better to just, you know... Play along. Be him, you know, you know, play along. I, I think it... it you can change more laws. I think so. Yeah. I think it's better. If no one finds <laughs> out your true identity. You know. Would you change anything with your family? Would you finally let Melania go, you know? Um, I Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if she wants. Right. God, her statue was ugly. I feel bad. Like, that <laughs> statue was just really... I, I'm like, who made that thing, like, Playmobil? It's like a really <laughs> ugly... Yeah. It was kind of like a look like the nutcracker or like what is that it was like weird and wooden and she looked melted. It was like her head was melted to her neck, yeah. to her body, to the rest of her body. Was it made out of driftwood? It was real <laughs> ugly. I'm like, what is that? That was terrible. I know. That's why when it caught fire, they were like, who did it? I was like, Melania probably did it. Yeah, probably. It was terrible. I'm like, oh no. That's awful. Yeah, no, put me out of my misery. Burn it down. I don't want that as my statue in my home country. No, I don't think she wanted that anyway, so. And it was just her standing alone, right? It was a statue of her standing alone without anybody. Yeah, it was just a weird, I'm like, what was that? It was just a weird, (laughs) 
Very unflattering. Yeah, and it just stood on its own on a hill, right? Weird, creepy statue. Um, yeah. Wooden thing. Yeah. No, it was very Slovenian. They were like, what? Yeah. We'll just take some wood and just chisel <laughs> it a little bit and then paint just blue so she looks like she's wearing a dress. I know. That shit was cursed. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> What's going to happen? Yeah. No, totally. It caught fire. That's what happened. Yeah, that was scary. I wonder if they'll just happily rebuild it. Like, that's our bitch. That's the first lady. We need. She's yeah. representing. We need to put it back up. And Melania's like, no, no. What about I never wanted it there? Don't you understand? <laughs> you know? All right. Oh, okay. Margaret, I got one more question for you. Okay. If you could quit city life and just move somewhere... Live off the earth. Would you do it away from city life? Well, I have thought like, oh, um, I do think about um, going and living in um, either living in Korea or Japan. I do think about living there like when I, you know, when people get very, how people are really, really old in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. that. <laughs> Like when they're really, really old, like they're like a hundred. I'm not sure where they live. Yeah, when they're like living on the place where they sell, like when they have those grow those potatoes. Yes. What is those? <laughs> yeah, this is Okinawa. Okinawa. Yeah. A lot of yes, a lot of centennials live. Yeah. So I think about that, like, or living like in like Fukuoka and like making mentaiko. You know those codro egg sacs. Yes, they're so which tasty. I love. That's my favorite. Love. I love to make like codro egg sac soup. So I would make that just in here for myself. But that I would go to like live by the factory and do like artisanal codro egg sac, exact on my own. Yeah. Just make that. Um, and just be like 112 years old, just living out there. Yeah. I'll take a lover who's like 80. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Right. And then um, just, you know, like have like a farmer lover, a fisherman lover who's like 80 or something. And, you know, just like like a younger man. It's like 85. Good for you. And just, you know, like eat those like yams. I know them well. But that that's sort of what I think. Like I would live like... You know, to be really old and live, but you would have to like, it would just be very good to live in Asia and be old like that because you get a lot of respect mm-hmm. and then have a lot of stuffed animals. Yes. Yeah. Just live, be respected because you're old AF making those egg sac, fish egg sacs, right? These egg sacs. Eating yam. And then. Um, With your stuffed animals. Say, yeah. Eat yams, have stuffed animals and, um. Yeah, like very, uh, just a being super old and having a very kind of like a barley tea life, like just, mm. just very like a lot of like barley tea and go to bed at like 6 p.m. And yeah. <laughs> like just very, uh, you know, like do a lot of knitting and, um, do like morning exercises at like 5 a.m. Yeah, do a lot of the morning exercise and to pottery. And like, you know, what, what are you know, you break things and then put them back together. What's that called? Uh, where, you know, when like something wabi sabi, is it something? Oh, yeah. Wabi sabi is like embracing imperfections. Mishmash. <laughs> yeah, mishmash of things. Oh, Kintsugi? Yeah, or when something's broken and put back together better, it looks better when it's broken. I don't know. When yeah. it's broken, it's more beautiful when it's put back together. Something like that. You are describing a life that sounds so peaceful. I mean, making fish egg sacs, you know, like, I think it's a life that I want too. But Yeah, be nice. Yeah, but maybe not until I'm 100 as well. Yeah, and every once in a while they could do comedy. I'll like <laughs> stay up to like 8 p.m. and I'll go do comedy. You know, like, like that's like, I like that you big, snuck that in every there. once in a while, like I'll go to the city and I'll do comedy. Like, I think like that would be a good kind of thing. Like, oh, that's a big deal. You know, you go do a concert and that I think, I mean, you know, there's like a positivity there. So that's because you always have to sort of put like a little bit of showbiz in there. 
Yeah, you know, you were, <laughs> you really snuck that in there because you were describing、yeah. full retirement and then you're like, yeah, once in a while I'll get a set in yeah, there. Yeah, every once in a while. <laughs> like you'll go and you do like a comedy show. I mean, I think you, it would be weird to not do it. Yeah, because that's such a big part of your life, you know, to then suddenly not do yeah, comedy. Yeah,、so、do a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I picture your lover being like, Margaret, please, you said you don't do comedy yeah, anymore. Yeah, no, you got to do a little bit. Hang out with me. <laughs> well, I fully support your retirement plan.、Um, Margaret, to me, a lot of your retirement plans involve fish because I don't know if you remember, but one time I asked you, Margaret, What do you really want? Yes. And you told me, I want a koi pond. Do you remember that?、Mm -hmm. Is that still what you want? Yes. Yes.、Um, although I think that、um, maybe、uh, I would want one, not right, not right this minute, but definitely at some point. I, th I still want a koi pond. Okay. But、um, it would probably be. Maybe in a little bit, but you know what I really want is the koi ponds that have the there's like um there's a tower that the koi can like go up in, so there's、Ooh. like a pond and then they have like um a sort of a structure that they can swim up so it's like they can look up so the water goes all the way up. And I don't know exactly how、what? they do it, but it's really beautiful. So, but yes, I still want a koi pond. Yeah, that whole thing you described sounds so beautiful. I'm gonna be Googling yeah, it. Yeah, it's really beautiful. But yeah, I love, I love the koi. It's so, it's beautiful. As I remember, because I almost bought a house once、okay. that had a koi pond, and I really, I really remember that one feature.、Mm. And then、um, I watched a movie.、Um, oh, it's that movie, The Gift. <laughs> oh. That Joel Edgerton movie. <laughs> And then he kills all the koi in it, which is a spoiler. So, sorry if anybody. No. It's really. So, did that worry you? It really upset me. I was like, well, that, that, you know, that's not cool. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that because they didn't, you know, I was like, well, that, that's not cool. I was very, I was like really upset by that point. And then I was like, well, then, but then they kind of didn't revisit it again. And then I'm like, but and that kind of ruined the whole thing for me. And I'm like, well, that, that just sucks. Yeah. I was like, that's the worst part. But yeah. Koi, you know, for how expensive they are or how much they mean wealth, you know, because when you have a koi pond, it means you've made it, right? For how expensive they are, they're so easy to catch. Like raccoons get to them all、mm. the time, right? Wild animals or even humans. Humans will just go and steal koi from your pond. And you could eat them.、Um, you could eat them. I think that they make、uh, also gefilte fish out of it. Oh. I think that's what they make gefilte fish out of. Really? I don't know the science to that. I think but... so. Yeah, I think so. Or carp. Carp. Not, not carp. I think it's carp. But there's the same, it's the same species. I did know that、uh, because of Pokemon, but I've never had carp. It just didn't look tasty to me. Yeah, it seems like a kind of, they're so decorative. Yeah. That it seems weird, but. Yeah, I feel like there would be some tough parts to get through. They feel very、know. decorative, you know, a lot of bedazzled parts to get through. I don't know. Like、It's、it would、weird. feel like I'm tearing through a costume. I know, I know. Well, Margaret, we are nearing the end of this episode, but. I was wondering if you'd be down to play a quick game with me. Yeah. Awesome. So, as you know, Let's Go Otsuko usually is a game show. So, we like to keep that spirit alive, even in the pandemic interview version of Let's Go Otsuko for this podcast. So, we play games. All right. I want to remember life pre pandemic really quick. I want to make sure we don't forget how to socialize. When we are able to socialize again in person. Okay. Now, in this game called Cult or an Org, you have a minute to decipher if the person talking to you, I'll be playing that person, okay, if the person talking to you is trying to get you to join a cult or if they're just telling you、okay. about a regular organization. So, I'll be playing a、okay. random stranger that walks up to you and starts telling you about my quote unquote org. Okay. If you tap out, 
and it was just a regular organization, you lose. If you tap out before the minute is over and it was a cult, you win. Okay? Okay. Great. And timer is on and go. Uh, excuse me, miss. Excuse me, miss. Hi. 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 Uh, do you have a moment? Yeah. To talk about my group? Yes. Yes. Awesome. So we are invite only. Mm -hmm. So here I am inviting you. Uh-huh. And I would like to say up front that we are mostly white, but we are trying to diversify. Mm -hmm. In our group, the winners and losers are very apparent. Mm -hmm. And that becomes very apparent when we have a big gathering once a year. Mm -hmm. The public tunes in to this big gathering once a year, too. It's a huge event. There's a lot of money involved in our group. And I think you have the talents and the chops to be a part of us. Honestly, if you are willing to give us a chance. Oh, and a minute has passed and it seems you stayed in. Oh, no, I stayed in. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. But it seems like you didn't feel like it was a cult. I wasn't, I wasn't, well, I was like wondering if it was an MLM. I was confused. Got I it. I was like. Is this Nexium? Yep. Is this LuLaRoe? Is this Amway? You know your MLMs. Is this, uh, it could be, it could be a pyramid scheme. It could be Herbalife. Yep, all um, of those. It could be uh, what other ones? Um, what are, there are a lot of pyramid schemes. I don't know. Um, yeah, like Landmark. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It could be uh, something. I don't know. Well, don't know. that was just the Oscars. Oh! <laughs> so you Yay! did stay in and like it wasn't a cult. So. <laughs> I'd, like to thank, I'd like to thank the Academy and I'd like to thank... That was great. <laughs> that was great. Can we do another one? Okay. I think you might know this okay. one. I think you'll do good in this one. All right, so timer for one minute. And go. Hello, miss. Hello, miss. Hi. Yes, hi. Just wanted to tell you about our group really quick, if you have the time. Yes. All right, so we like to be upfront. We like to be honest, okay? Um, our founder did support Donald Trump, but we don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, we are mostly white. <laughs> but are trying to diversify. And to join our group is more expensive than other places like ours, but it's because... Is it Republican? No, is we're it not all Republicans. Uh, is it... Um... In fact, you might have come and hung out with us before. We have branches all throughout the US, so we're quite popular. Is it Chick-fil-A? Um... <laughs> and that is time. That is a minute you stayed in. Uh, let me tell you, you were going the right direction and it wasn't a cult. So that is good. That is very good. I didn't get to Ooh. the big hint, which was that we're sponsored by Kiehl's. Oh, ew, they were, ew, really? They were supportive of Donald Trump? At one point, but just the founder. And that's not a thing anymore. That's shocking. I didn't know that. It was really quick. At one point. But then all the white gays were like, we're still going to go. <laughs> like all my friends. That's so weird. Yeah. That's so weird. It was just a quick thing. And I don't know if he stepped down or something, but it got erased. It, it, he's like no longer a supporter or something like that. Because, yeah, I don't know. This is what I've gathered. I've never been. I don't know if it's open now that there's a pandemic. Kiehl's? Oh, not Kiehl's. Equinox. Oh, Equinox. Oh, you know what? I never said it was Equinox. Oh, Equinox. I used to go to Equinox. I know. I had to quit Equinox. Well, they're not even open now, but... Right. I had to quit Equinox, too. That was a long time ago. Yeah. When we used to go to the gym, I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, sorry... I I'm realizing I had you thinking it was Kiehl's. I meant to say at Equinox, they have Kiehl's. At the Equinox, yeah. Right, right, yeah. That's right, 
That's right. That's you funny. did so good, Margaret. Oh my goodness, you didn't fall for a cult either times. Oh my goodness, you're a winner. You have good instincts. Thank you. And that was our podcast. Thank you. Is there anything that you're excited about right now that you want people to look out for? Um, I don't know. Well, I'm still doing my podcast in the pandemic, so that is out there anywhere that you get podcasts. Yeah. And um, hopefully we'll be back to doing comedy at some point. In the well, all of my comedy shows will be back in the next year, 2021. 2021. So we can look forward to those dates. So we'll be back there um, then. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And yes. in the meantime, just keep listening to Margaret Cho's podcast, The Margaret yes. Cho. Yes. With the Erios Network. Yes. With that said, that was our episode. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you.